Luke chapter 4. Will you go there? Luke chapter 4. Next week, we'll continue our series with the full armor of God. We took a break last week for Mother's Day, and I encourage everyone to be a Dorcas. If you weren't here, you got to go back and, re- and listen to the message because the encouragement was that every one of us needs that. You are such a Dorcas. We need to be Dorcases. Now, today, um, just before we jump back into the full armor of God, I just felt a message so uh, stir in my heart that I, I had to share it today. In fact, let me just tell you where we're going to go. Um, my, my goal is to preach a very short message. By faith, I receive that. And, and, and I'm just going to tell you where we're going to go. At the end of this message, I'm going to invite as many of you that are willing to come and stand or kneel in these altars, and we're just going to have a time of prayer. I'm just going to tell you, that's where we're going. The subject matter we're talking about today is written about eloquently in a book by Pastor Robert Morris. It's called The God I Never Knew. Subject matter is the Holy Spirit. Out at the Welcome Center, I have 10 books. In fact, last I saw, there were nine books there. Uh, nine books that, with that title. It's called The God I Never Knew by Robert Morris. Robert Morris um, grew up in a, in a church that didn't talk a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. And then suddenly, um, he, had a, 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 he tells the story in there. But if you're new to our church, or you're just new to a, a church where, um, where they embrace completely the, the person, the Godhead, um, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and they're all important. And we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. If you're new to that, I encourage you, pick up one of those books. If we run out, you can buy them online, of course, or if you have the Hoopla or Hoopla, however you pronounce it, app through our local libraries, you can listen to it for free, commercial over. So um, I, my prayer is by the time our service is over and you leave, those books are gone. That's our gift to you. We're not going to charge you anything. Luke chapter 4, just before you get there, let me get to Acts chapter 6. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read it to you. But in Acts chapter 6, there was a a small little issue at the food pantry. Yes, there was. In those days when the number of disciples were increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together, and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We'll turn this responsibility over to them, and then we'll give, we'll give attention to prayer and ministry of the word. Verse 5, the proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Let's stop for just a second. It would make a whole lot of sense for most of us if we say, hey, listen, we need to choose some people to be up on stage. We need to choose some people to play instruments. We need to choose somebody who's going to be preaching, someone who's going to go halfway around the world. We need to choose some people who are going to do that, and we need to pray that they are full of the Holy Spirit. If you're going to do something amazing like that, then you need, to, you need the power, anointing, and the fullness of the Holy Spirit to accomplish that. We would think, yes, you're right, Pastor Scott. And as we look at this text here, what do we see? We see that in God's economy, he, we need the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit to do everything. I mean, to do, to do our, our, our parenting, to be a husband, to be a wife, to feed people food, to hand out groceries, to hand out food. I mean, do you you get what I'm saying here? For some of you, you're like, well, it makes sense that, Pastor, you better be full of the Holy Spirit because you're leading all of us, and, boy, you need somebody smarter than you. 
and you're right. It, that makes sense. But what about everyday things like helping the poor? What about everyday? Does God want to anoint us to do simple things like that? Answer is yes. Yes. In fact, if you're not to Luke chapter 4, get there quickly. Because in Luke chapter 4, Jesus goes back to his hometown. I better get there myself. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. He went to Nazareth, Nazareth where he'd been brought up. Mark's gospel tells us that he, he was without honor in his hometown. And he struggled to really do a whole lot of stuff. But on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Let's just stop right there. Jesus was anointed. Do you know in the Old, Old Testament, there were individuals that the Holy Spirit would come on. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come on individuals, empower them to do a work, and it, but it was, there was no like blanket anointing. There was no blanket outpouring of the Spirit until we get later on to the book of Acts. But Jesus was the first one that the Holy Spirit was poured out on, and he was anointed. And what was he anointed for? Well, let me give away something uh, before we even talk about what he was anointed for. Because I don't know if you can jump or if you can show verse 21. Verse 21 of Luke chapter 4 says this. And he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What's that mean? That means everything I'm getting ready to tell you. Jesus said everything because he's reading from a scroll that is from Isaiah in the Old Testament. So he's literally, he's reading Isaiah, the, the prophet Isaiah's words, and he's reading that in, 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 the, in the New Testament times. He's reading that, and he says, I am the fulfillment of this. He's like, ding, 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 right here. This guy right here, fulfillment of everything. What did he, what did he the Spirit of God, the, the Holy Spirit has anointed him anointed him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is the same idea you see in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Jesus, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. <laughs> and so as we see this, uh, um, I, I want us to look at what exactly did God anoint him to do? In, in um, verse 18, then it says, because he has anointed me to first what? Preach the gospel to the poor. Okay, if you, if you got your notes in the back of the seat, grab those notes, grab those notes, follow along, jot down some things, maybe fill in some blanks if there are any, I forget. Um, but just, just follow along with me. The first thing we need to see is this. Jesus came to bring salvation, right? Every one of us would agree with that. There'd be no debate on that, right? Jesus came to preach the good news, to bring the gospel. What is the good news? The information needed to give my life to Jesus. The information that Jesus came, he lived, he died, and he rose again. That information Jesus came to bring to us all. Okay, so we get that. The second thing, the second thing it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now I'm using the, King the new King James Version, so you might look on the screen for this. But he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So the second thing is inner healing on the inside. Do you know as you study this verse, the brokenhearted, imagine yourself. Your heart is right here, and it drops, and it shatters in 100 pieces. 
That's the idea of the brokenhearted. You know what Jesus says? I've come to heal that. Some of you, you remember what it was like when your heart was dropped and shattered and that guy left you, divorced you? Some of you remember what it was like when your wife left you and divorced. Some of you remember your heart was just so broken. When that, that, that situation, when, when your kids went a direction that you knew you, you didn't teach them to go, they just made decisions that so broke your heart, it just shattered you. I can't believe Oh, God, where do I go from here? You, you lost a loved one, someone who you depended on, and now they're gone and your heart just shattered. And Jesus says, I've come. I've been anointed to bring healing to the brokenhearted. I've come so that that person could be made whole. And the third thing he says is this. He says, I've come to bring freedom, freedom. Luke 4.18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Liberty to the captives. Jesus is not just a savior, but he's a deliverer as well. Who's here today that you have an annoying habit? Sin is what it is. And you're so long for God to set you free. I want to tell you today, Jesus came to set you free. Jesus came so that you could have freedom. Jesus came to, to loose the chains of sin and bondage in your life so that you could walk in freedom. So this morning as you walked into church, so tomorrow morning as you walk and get up and go to work, you don't have to feel guilty for what you did the night before. He's come to set you free from that. Even for many of us, we've come to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, I, I yield my life to you. I give my life to you. I surrender my life to you. I f forgive me my sins. I'm sorry. We got all that going on, but we still have baggage, right? There's still some, some uh, can I say this, junk in the trunk? I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not. But we still got some stuff that we brought into this relationship with Jesus. And it's like, I got all this, Jesus, I, he doesn't say, get rid of all your junk, get rid of all your trash, you be a good, a good little boy and then come to me. No, he says, come to me, all you who are weary. Come to me. Come. Give your life to Christ. And then let his anointing, his power come and set you free. And set you. The fourth thing he says is this. Look at this. Healing. Physical healing. Um, in verse, verse 18, he says, and recovery of sight to the blind. Let me just say this real quick. Because I know many of us are in the place where, well, hey, God's God. If he wants to heal, he can heal. God created all this. Yeah, I believe God can heal. Well, let me just get a little more specific. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 16, this is what it says. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took up our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Can you say that out loud with me? And bore our sicknesses. Here we go. And bore our sicknesses. You see that in Scripture, okay? So when he died on the cross, he bore our sicknesses. He took up our infirmities, our sicknesses, and our diseases. When he died on the cross, he bore our sicknesses. Why do you point that out, Scott? That was a little awkward. Let's keep going. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24, who himself, say this out loud, bore our sins. Say it again, bore our sins, okay? I'll read the rest. In his own body, on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. 
Now, let me just ask you something. Have you ever questioned whether Jesus is able to save your soul? Through the cross, through the... Maybe you've, you've, you've struggled with that, but I'm talking believers now. You've given your life to Christ. Most all of us, when we, when we realize the revelation of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, that he bore our sins, we're like... Man, I have no question at all as I stand here before you today that I am born again. I am made righteous not through my own works but through Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross. I have no question about that. He bore our sins. But do you remember what we just read a few moments ago? He bore our sicknesses. Why is it such a struggle to believe one and, 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 and not the other? Have you ever thought about that? Why is, it such a, why is it so easy to say, man, taking my sins away? Whew, I have no doubts in that. But when it comes to healing my body or praying with someone and believing for healing, that that's in the cross, that that is for me today, I could go into a whole other message on that. But I just want you to think about that. Jesus came. The anointing, the, the, God anointed Jesus. The Spirit came upon Jesus to anoint him to do all these things. That's what scripture says. So here's the question. And as we just continue on with this, um, in, in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 43, um, you know, just, just before we get there, let me, let me just ask you something. Just get your train down. Okay, so Jesus said, I've come. He's been anointed to, set, uh, to preach the gospel, right? Um, to, uh, to set people at liberty, um, set people free. He's come to heal people. Amen, Scott. Amen. That's my Jesus. I've read the gospel, Scott. I've read the little kids' stories and the, and the books, and I read them to the kids. Amen. That's what Jesus. Now, let me tell you something else Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than thee. I'm going to drop the mic. No. Get that for a second. You know what that's saying? Is that the Spirit of God wants to come on you to do what Jesus did. Not because you're worthy. Not because of how great you are. But because that's just the way God is. He's like, the, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. The, Spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to come on you to baptize you, to fill you, to anoint you, to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Well, no, no, no. That's why you call the elders of the church, Scott. The Bible says to do that. We do that. But I just want to be very clear. Every born-again believer... God can move through you, and he wants his spirit to come upon you and anoint you to pray the prayer of faith that will make the sick person well. I believe it 100%. Let me ask you, do you want this? I mean, have you, have you ever just, not just praying for people to be healed, but I'm just like, what, what, do you ever hit the wall and think, man, I just, I just feel like I'm, I'm not doing a very good job helping point people to Jesus. I just, do you have any desire to see more people in your life be one to Jesus. Let me ask you a very, uh, 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 how do I put this? Um, it's not embarrassing, um, but kind of a, a very um, interesting question. When's the last time you shared Christ with somebody? I mean, when's the last time you really shared the gospel? Well, Scott, I live my life out before people, and I want them to see Jesus in me. And I, Absolutely. 
But Jesus said he came, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him to, to preach the gospel. There are times when we just have to say, well, what are you going to do about Jesus? I remember a conversation I had with a friend who I'd been praying for for a long time. And it, it came to that point, that awkward point, we'll talk about everything. But you bring Jesus up with someone who's yet to really put their faith in Christ. It gets a little awkward. We understand that. I'm not saying I'm the best at it. But there comes a point where you've got to bring that up. You've got to bring the gospel. When's the last time you did that? And let me tell you what the Holy Spirit wants to do. The Holy Spirit wants to anoint you and to come on you to do what Jesus did and to preach the gospel, to share the gospel more effectively. The Holy Spirit wants to do that in you. In fact, look at this. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing, Jesus says, and he'll do even greater things. Oh, because I'm going to the Father. Oh, let's go there for a second. It's Sunday evening of the resurrection day. Jesus had died on Friday, and, and by the time we get to John chapter 20, they'll put it on the screen. It's, it's the evening of Resurrection Sunday. The disciples are hunkered down in Jerusalem. And on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed. Jesus had, been, had died. He'd been crucified. He died, he was in the tomb, rose again, and now he's appearing to the disciples. After he said this, verse 20, he showed them his hands inside. Disciples were overjoyed when they saw this. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And then he says, and with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, what was going on here? If we're not careful, we can look at this and say, oh, now they were anointed. The Holy Spirit came on them just like Jesus. Oh, okay. Let me tell you what's happening here. And I'll explain it here in a second. What's happening here is these disciples are being saved. They're being regenerated. What do you mean by that? Let me just tell you, when you gave your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit came inside of you. I like to think of it as a little flame. The, the flame of the Holy Spirit came inside of you. The moment you gave your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit came inside of you. You will never be more saved or less saved. You are made righteous. Your standing before God is I am righteous before God because the Holy Spirit is inside of me. And so on this day, Jesus, Benny Hinn them. Jesus, Jesus. So you have no idea what that meant, but I'm just going to. I just had to throw it in there. He's not throwing his coat, but he breathed on them. And, and they all received the Holy Spirit. They were all saved. They were all born again at this moment. Up until this moment, these disciples had been following the sacrificial system. Let me tell you why this is important. This is important because up until this moment, they were technically saved, if you will, because they were following the sacrificial system. But at this point, Jesus breathed on them, and the Holy Spirit came in them. Because it would make no sense that these same 11 people, I say 11 because what happened to Judas? So, yeah, Judas, he took his own life. So there's 11, these same 11 disciples. Later on in Acts chapter 2, Jesus said, listen, wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. You just breathed on us, Jesus. We, we got the Holy Spirit here. You mean there's another, another work of the Holy Spirit? You see, there are so many things the Holy Spirit does. Even before you got saved, even before you came to Christ, the Holy Spirit was convicting you, drawing you to God. 
showing you this, the sinfulness of your sin. There's so many things the Holy Spirit does. But one thing that happens is when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes in you, and then the Holy Spirit wants to come on you because Jesus is going up. In fact, let's just jump there. Let's jump all the way from the Sunday when Jesus was resurrected all the way um, to the book of Acts. And this is what looks to be around the 40th day that Jesus post-resurrection uh, um, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is going to come on you. Let me just let this sink in right now. What are you saying, Scott? What I, what I want to make very clear to you is that there is a salvation. And at your salvation, the Holy Spirit comes in you. You are saved. You're going to heaven. And God can use you. But God said, listen, before you go any further, though, there's another work of the Holy Spirit I want to pour out on you. You that I just breathed on and received the Holy Spirit, there's another. That was the Holy Spirit coming in you at salvation. Now the Holy Spirit wants to come on you. So wait here for that. Why? Verse 8, chapter 1. But you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. This is all about ministry. This isn't about how saved you are. It's about how, how powerful the Holy Spirit wants to move through you. Now, I, I've got to keep moving because I want to get to prayer. Um, but uh, um, so, so this all happens in Acts chapter 2, okay? The, the Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter 2. Remember? They, God hit him over the head with an Acts 2 by 4. In Acts 2, 4. Okay, not such a great joke, but my Bible college professor used that all the time, and they thought that was hilarious. But in Acts 2, 4, right, um, the, the Holy Spirit fell. And uh, let me just hit this real quick. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. These are the same people Jesus already breathed on. So this wasn't regeneration. This was an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Okay, so, so everybody thinks they're drunk. Because all these people are getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they're speaking in tongues, which were known languages at this point. And all these people say, we even heard them in, their own, in our own dialect. And this is crazy. And Peter says, oh, my brothers, listen, he finally steps out there. Peter, Simon Peter, says, we're not drunk. These guys aren't drunk. They're just filled with the Holy Spirit. We've just been baptized with the Holy Spirit. This is me. And then he preaches one of the most uh, unseeker-friendly messages in the history of unseeker. I mean, he says, you guys put them on the cross. Who did it? You did it. And, and do you understand what happened here? And he lays it all out to them. And they weren't offended. You know what it says? The Holy Spirit anointed Peter in such a way that they were, they were cut to the heart. What must we do that? How do we respond to this? And this is what I want to finish with. How do, how do we respond to this? Do you know what? Um, in fact, I'm going to read it. Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, he said, Repent and let every one of you to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. So first thing is repent of your sins. Second thing, be water baptized. And then look what else. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive it. He's like, then we're going to pray for you. You know, after you repent of your sins, you got to be saved. And, and then the next step, just naturally, it's, it's more of an outward sign of what God's doing on the inside. You need to be water baptized. And, and here's the deal, though. We're going to pray for you right here, right now, for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive this gift of the Holy Spirit that we just got a couple minutes ago here at Acts chapter 2. Do you get that? 
Do you see that? <laughs> that pattern you see throughout the book of Acts, because I know for some of you, you're like, wait, 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 wait. You've never heard this before, but let me just say this. Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, you see um, this guy named Simon the sorcerer. Listen to me. Now, for some time, a man named Simon who had practiced sorcery, he was a city, he was amazed, he boasted of, of all kinds of stuff. But here's the deal. Um, verse 11, they followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his magic. But when they believed Philip, Philip went and preached the gospel, so they believed it. They repented of their sins. They put their faith in Christ, okay? But when they believed his good news in the name of Jesus Christ, and they were water baptized both men and women, so this isn't just for men, this is for all of us. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. Verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to bring a, a, a plaque to them. Is that what it says? When, 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 uh, when they heard, this is Samaria where all this is happening, and then in Jerusalem, they're like, wait, wait, wait. There's an outpouring of the Holy, something's happening in Samaria. Let's get us some baptism certificates. Let's have Pastor Philip sign it and Pastor Peter and Pastor John. Oh, sign it, Simon Peter. That's even better. Pastor Simon Peter and, and, and the fisherman, you know. I, what was his last name? You know, Millers. You kind of think sometime they were Millers and maybe Peter. We knew he was a, Simon Peter was a fisherman. So they, Simon Peter, fisherman. And we're going to sign these little, little, little things and we're going to bring them. Hello, all you people that just recently got saved and, and water baptized. This is just wonderful. I'm not belittling this because this, that's what needs to happen. But did they come just to hand them a little thing? No, you know what it says? They came, read on, read on, read on. They sent Peter and John to them, verse 15. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might what? They already had the Holy Spirit in them at regeneration. And then just the natural next step is what? Follow Jesus in water baptism. But there's something more. That's really what I want you to get. There's something more that God has for you, an anointing, a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, you, you, I see that. That's good. It's everywhere. Acts chapter 10. Oh, we're going to go there. Cornelius' house. Cornelius is preaching to a bunch of Gentiles. It was very unusual and even out of uh, sorts for a, a Jew to enter into the house of a Gentile. But God had done some miraculous things. And, and uh, Peter's preaching here at Cornelius' house in verse 44. And, and as he's preaching, you just see it. People were regenerated. They were saved. Even before he got there, there was a group of people that it's pretty clear. They had put their faith in God. They had repented of their sins. And now things get a little out of order here. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking, what happened? Well, Peter, the Holy Spirit came all who heard, on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who'd come with Peter were astonished. The gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And, and, then, and then Peter said, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? So what happened here? If, if they repented, right? And then they actually got filled with the Holy Spirit. They, got, they received this anointing from the Holy Spirit to minister like Jesus even before they were water baptized. So they're like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I think we need to go back and cross a step here. So uh, 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 what, I, what, I, what I want you to see, the main thing is this. Do you see all three of those things? Let's go one more place. Acts chapter 19. 
in Acts chapter 19. Let me just share a scripture with you while we're turning there. In, in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, because I want you to leave here being very clear on something. Romans chapter 8, verse 9, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. What is this saying? If you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you can't be saved, all right? I just, I want to make that very clear. So when you, when you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes in you. I don't want any, because sometimes there have been some areas of Pentecostal charismatic churches, um, some even would use the term apostolic, where they would say, man, if you, if you don't, if you haven't experienced all three of these, then you're not saved. But I want to make it very clear, our doctrinal position on this is the moment you give your life to Christ, the moment that dude on the, on the third cross, remember there was three crosses when Jesus got um, crucified, and the, ones, the one repented, and what did Jesus say? Today you'll be with me in paradise. Did Jesus suddenly say, well, wait a minute, we need to jump down off these crosses, we need to be water baptized, um, and before you can even get into heaven, I've got to pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit. Hold on a second. No. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. The most important thing to do with your salvation is that you give your life to Christ and you're regenerated and you repent of your sins. And then the most natural next step is to follow Christ in water baptism. And sometime in here, let's pray that you would receive the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 19, and then we're done. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior, arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They were already disciples. In fact, let's read on. They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism. John's baptism was a baptism of what? Repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Speaking in tongues and prophesied, it's all throughout the Scripture. When the Holy Spirit comes on someone, often there's a prophetic response, a prophetic response. And that's just what this is. That's just what that, that prayer language is. And so, so don't get all caught up in that. You go after God. You say, God, I want the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Let me just be very clear today. Worship team, come quickly if you could. Three things. Have you got it? The first thing is this repentance repentance let me just encourage you today if you haven't repented of your sins if you haven't asked christ to forgive you of your sins do it today that's the first step right there give your life to christ the second is this is water baptism and i know for many of you that's a big huge step understand it but i just want to tell you biblically it is the clear next step if you want to live your life according to a biblical pattern, then if you've never been water baptized, you need to be water baptized. Step it up. I think it's June 13th or something like that. It's the second Sunday in June. I didn't even tell anyone else this, so I'm just declaring this. But we're going to have a water baptism that Sunday. June 13th. You need to be water baptized. You let us know. How do I respond to the word of the Lord today? You respond by repenting of your sins if you've never done that. Second thing is, Let's, be, let's, let's, let's get water baptized. And the third thing is, would you join me? I mean, I, I remember I, I was at a funeral yesterday at the, at the church I grew up in, and I could take you to the Sunday school room where I was, where I know I was filled with the Holy Spirit, where I know the anointing of the Holy Spirit came on me, where I know God baptized me in his Holy Spirit. But you know what, what you read the book of Acts? 
they were, they were refilled and refilled and refilled. Even those of us who had these experiences in the past, we need a fresh outpouring of his anointing. Amen? We need a fresh outpouring of his spirit. Whether this is the initial time or whether, whether, um, uh, whether uh, you've been baptized um, uh, um, uh, in the Holy Spirit a long time ago, we need to be refilled today.